Good morning, Golden Corner Church. Ready, set, hang on to what you got. We're getting ready to go. Let me explain myself. 21 and a half years ago, God led Mark Bagwell to start a new church in Oconee County. Of all places, why start a church here? I mean, after all, there are churches everywhere in our county. Now, the truth is, and I'm not being condescending or judgmental or critical in this statement about I'm about to make, but the truth is, most churches in Oconee County aren't pursuing Christ's mission. And furthermore, they have no plans to begin. As a result, most people in Oconee County are unsaved. So God led Mark to start a church that would focus on the mission of Christ. A church that would really try to help people find and follow Christ. And here we are, 21 and a half years later, Golden Corner Church. Uh, we now own probably about 20 acres of land over on Earl Street. Uh, soon we're going to be moving back into our own building. And some of you may be wondering exactly when that is. I know that our target date was to be out of here by December 31st. That's not going to happen. And you say, why is that? The project was just bigger than we anticipated. And the school board approved an extension of our stay here. And we get to stay uh, up till March 15th. But I'm telling you, soon we're going to be meeting in our own building again. We aren't hurting for money. Now, I know that I preached on giving last week. And, and some of you may have walked out and said, I'll tell you, something's going on. The leadership of your church is not up at night pacing the floors wondering you know, how we're going to make ends meet. That sermon wasn't for us last week. It was for you. We have about 400 to 500 people who attend here every Sunday. And we have good church services. We have an absolutely wonderful children's ministry. And a great student ministry. Jake, thank you. Guys, I'll just speak from a pastor's point of view. We have an excellent staff. As a church, we're in a very good place. A place I'd call better. Better's a good place to be, right? Huh? We could be at worse. But instead, we're at better. It's a good place to be, but it's also a dangerous place to be. Because when a church gets to better, it's easy to allow contentment to prevent us from going any further. As a matter of fact, it's just natural. When a church gets to this place, it's very natural just to want to stop. Golden Corner Church cannot allow that to happen. You say, why is that, Ronnie? We have not completed our mission. As a matter of fact, we haven't even scratched the surface. 
There are still tens of thousands of unsaved people in our county. Guys, just being absolutely realistic, we've got a lot of work to do. Therefore, we must get ready, get going, and work together to fulfill the mission of Christ. To do this, we have to all do our part. And what is our part in this series? We we are sharing five words with you that outline the basic responsibilities of everyone who makes up this church. And thus far, we've looked at four words. Word number one, follow. Every believer is supposed to follow Christ. Word two, connect. Every believer is supposed to connect with other Christ followers. Word three, serve. Every believer is supposed to serve Christ by serving others. Word four last week was give. Every believer is supposed to give, supposed to invest uh, financially in God's work, which brings us to our fifth and final word today. Are you ready for the last word? Well, that sounded kind of fatal, didn't it? The fifth word is invite. Every believer should invite seekers to church and starters to group. Now, I know that there are aspects of that statement you don't understand, so let me explain myself. First of all, three facts, right? I'm going to share three facts. Fact number one, everybody is looking for something. Everybody. Everybody's looking for something, and everything they seek can be found in Christ. Some are looking for a way to finally close the door on their past and start all over. Others are looking for purpose, direction, and fulfillment. Some are looking for happiness, contentment, and peace. Others are looking for excitement and adventure. I guess we could say everybody is seeking a better life. Where can they find what they're looking for? In Christ. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, My purpose is, and I'm telling you, any time that he would preference a statement with those words, My purpose is to give them, those who receive me, a rich and satisfying life. Everybody's looking for someone. Everybody's looking for someone who who will accept them just as they are. Everybody's looking for someone who will stick with them through thick and thin. Everybody's looking for someone they could confide in, they could talk to about absolutely anything and everything. Everybody's looking for someone who will help them get through the tough times. Everybody is looking for someone who will love them unconditionally. Where are they going to find a person like that? In Christ. Christ wants to have a personal, intimate, growing relationship. wants us to have a, a personal, intimate, growing relationship with Him. He wants to be our friend and what a friend He makes. And everybody's looking for something. And everything they seek can be found in a person, Christ. That's a fact. Fact number two. Believers are supposed to help seekers find Christ. 
Now, here's a word I want you to become familiar with. Seekers. Who are seekers? A seeker is anyone who has not found the one they're really looking for. A seeker is anyone who has not found the one they're really looking for. Most seekers don't know that everything they're looking for can be found in Christ. I mean, did you know that? Before you became... did you? I didn't know that. Consequently, they waste a lot of their lives looking in all the wrong places. And many of them go through their entire life and never find what they're looking for because they just simply don't know where to look. But we know. Those of us who have accepted Christ and are following Him have found in Him all we were ever looking for and more. From experience, we know that seekers are really looking for Christ. They don't know where to find what they're looking for, but we do. So wouldn't it stand to reason if we know that we would help them find Christ? As a matter of fact, of course, of course we should. As a matter of fact, this is it. It is our God-given responsibility to help seekers find Christ. Let me read you a verse in the Bible. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Let me set the stage. Jesus has already been crucified. He's already been resurrected. He's preparing to ascend. And he's gathered together that the people are going to lead his church. And he's giving them their mission. He's telling them what he wants them to do after he goes back to the Father. I want you to listen to this. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. He says, but you will receive power or ability. When? Look at this. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And why were they given this ability? Look at this. What are they going to do with it? And you will be my witnesses. Now look at this next line. Telling people about me. Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, seekers are looking for Jesus. And Jesus is looking for seekers. You know what our role is as the church? We're to try to help bring the two together. That's what we do. We're to lead people to Jesus so that hopefully they accept Him as their Savior. So you got fact number one, everybody's looking for something. Everything they seek can be found in Christ. You know, fact number two, believers are supposed to help seekers find Christ. Fact number three, believers are supposed to help starters follow Christ. Okay, here's another word I want you to become familiar with. Starters. Who are starters? Starters are people who have recently found Christ. And they're just starting the Christian life. When somebody accepts Christ, do they immediately find everything that they were looking for? Probably not. But they're going to find a lot of what they were looking for. They're going to be given a fresh start. They're going to experience peace with God. They're going to experience a measure of joy and contentment that only Jesus could have given them. However, to find everything they're looking for. 
Starters must do more than accept Christ. They must follow Christ. They must submit to Him as their Lord. Learn from Him as their teacher. And follow Him as their guide. It is in the process of following Christ that they find things like purpose and direction and fulfillment. As they follow Him, their relationship with Christ becomes more meaningful and more rewarding. It is in the process of following Christ that they begin to experience the rich, satisfying life that Jesus promised. As as starters follow Christ, they one day come to this realization. In Him, I found everything I was ever looking for. Therefore, wouldn't it stand to reason that we should help starters follow Christ? Of course we should. As a matter of fact, it is our God-given responsibility. I want to read you a couple more verses found in Matthew chapter 28, beginning with verse 18. I set the stage. These verses are very similar to the ones I just read. Jesus has been crucified. He's already been resurrected. He has gathered together 11 men who are going to lead his church, and he's giving them their mission. Now, these verses are referred to as the Great Commission. And he's telling these men what he wants his church to do. Now, I want you to listen. He says in verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority. How much authority do you think he had? He got all of it. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. You know what he's saying? I'm in charge. If you didn't know that, I am fully and completely in charge everywhere I go. He says, now, speaking from my authority, I have something I want you to do. Won't you look at this? He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. He said, therefore, here's what I want you to do. Go and make disciples of all nations. Doesn't that sound like Acts 1-8? Tell about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, and all, uttermost part. He says, very similar, because you know what he's telling them? Guys, you've got to go, and you've got to help people find me. They're really looking for me, and I am absolutely looking for them. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. And you know, I feel like that there are a lot of churches who get this, that we're supposed to help people find Christ. That's what Jesus said in the Great Commission. But he doesn't stop. Look at verse 20. What did he say? Teach these. Are you seeing this word? you see the word? Oh, this verse is not on the screen. Oh, there it is. Do you see that? Do you see that third word? Teach these. What is that word? New. Part of the Great Commission is not only that we help people find Christ, but we're to teach these new disciples, these starters, to obey or follow all the commands. This is what Jesus said. You teach them to follow all the commands that I have given you. Jesus, the head of the church, not only commands us to help people find him, he commands that we help people follow him. Thus, our mission is to help people find and follow Christ. Now listen, is this your church? do Do you see Golden Corner Church as your church? Because I'm about to make a very important statement. Our mission is to help people find and follow Christ. That's what we do. That's what this church does. 
It is the reason we exist. So in light of these facts, what should we do? Here's what I propose. Invite. I believe that every one of us should invite seekers to church and starters to group. If we want to help someone find Christ, I believe we should invite them to church. You say, Ronnie, why? In my 36 years of church experience, the most effective means I've seen or used to lead people to Christ is simply inviting them to join me in church. That's not the only method for reaching people, but in my opinion, it's time-tested, proven to be the most effective means of reaching people. Think about it. For most people, not everybody, but for most people... Attending church preceded accepting Christ. Attending church was the first step they took, and that step eventually led them to accept Christ. All right, let's take a little test. How many of you would say, you know what, Ronnie? Before I ever accepted Christ, I attended church at least once. Maybe even I had started going on a regular basis, but I was attending church some before I ever accepted Christ. It actually helped me, kind of facilitated the process of me accepting. Would you say church was, attending church was first? Raise your hand real high, real high, real high. I was going to tell you what, there for a minute, I thought you were going to disprove my... Uh... I, don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's strategic. There's something about church that paves the way for people to accept Christ. So what are we going to do? We're going to invite seekers to church. Now before we go any further, I want to be completely honest with you. Everybody you invite is not coming. Everybody who comes is not staying. And even those, every, you know, even out of those who come back, everybody that comes and comes back is not going to accept Christ. But... There are some things we can do to make it much more likely that when we invite them, that they come. And when they come, they come back. And when they come back, they eventually accept Christ. There are things you and I can do to make this strategy much more effective. Now, I'm going to share them with you right quick, okay? You ready? There are three of them. Step number one, be real. Now, you didn't hear me say, be perfect. Because if that's what it took, we're never going to reach anybody. None of us are perfect. But you do have to be real. You've got to be really trying to lead the Christian lifestyle for this to work. Here's what I'm saying. If you're a hypocrite, this doesn't work. In other words, if you're something here with us on Sunday morning and on Monday at work you're something altogether different, this won't work. You know why? Because I tell you, if you're a hypocrite, I've got, got to tell you something. All those people at work, they know it. You haven't fooled them. It just hasn't worked. They, they see through you. They know what you are. And if you walk up to them and you go, hey, you know something, I've just been thinking about it. I'd love for you to come to church. Do you think for a minute they're going to trust you? 
Do you think for a minute they want what you've got? It won't work. Furthermore, if there's somebody here who is real and, and they're extending an invitation, so like, let me tell you what happens a lot of times. You're extending, you, you're doing your best to live as a Christian. You extend an invitation to come to church, and, and inevitably somebody's going to go, wait a minute now, you Golden Corner? You Golden Corner Church, that's where you go. Doesn't so and so attend Golden Corner? And you go, I think so. And then they say, I would never darken the doors of that church because he or she goes there and let me tell you what they did or what they said. So I'm telling you now, if we're not real, this doesn't work. Second thing, be a friend. Uh, I occasionally invite total strangers to church. It happens. I mean, a lot of times it's when I'm hiking. I run into somebody, strike a conversation, and, and I just feel compelled. And I say, hey, do you live in an area? Yeah, i tell you what, I want to invite you to my church. I'm going to continue doing that. I wouldn't discourage from doing that. But if this is really going to work, we need to be inviting our friends who are seekers to church. That's going to give it more oomph. It's going to make it more effective. There was this survey that was done in South Carolina years ago. And hundreds of unchurched South Carolinians were, were polled, and they were asked, if you were to start church, what do you see as the entry point of church? Would you, if they had a big concert, would you be likely to go? They said, not really. They, they said, if, uh, if there was some seminar that was based on a topic of your personal interest, would you be likely to go and, 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 and use that as your entry point? They said, no, not really. Let me tell you what, the vast majority said this. If I ever want to go back to church, I'll start by going to church on Sunday morning. You know what that tells me? It tells me that seekers still see Sunday morning services as the front door of the church. They're much more likely to respond positively to the invitation to come on Sunday morning. Now, get this. They were also asked, what would it take to get you through the front door? What would it take to get you to a Sunday morning service? 82% said, if I saw this huge billboard on the side of the road that invited me to Sunday morning service, I'd go. That was a lie. 82% said, if I get a flyer in the mail that's inviting me to church, I would be inclined to go. Man, I'm still lying. 82% said, if a friend invited me to church, I would be inclined to go. I don't want us to overlook the simplest, most effective strategy at reaching unsaved people. We're going to be real. We're going to be friends. You know, and let me tell you what, that's seven days a week, man. Seven days a week. And we're going to invite seekers into our church. And then, number three is, we're going to be guest-friendly. When your children are dropped off into their classrooms, you know what, you know what we're going to do back there with them? We're going to teach them the Bible on their level. We're going to help them understand the passage of the Bible. We're going to show them how it works in their life because we want to be a part of their spiritual growth. When you come into this church and, and you hear the music, we, I want you to know what our goal is. Our goal is that you engage with God during the music. By that I mean 
You hear God speaking to you. You feel God's presence around you. You begin to speak to God. You offer up words of praise, thanksgiving. And you know what we want? Through this engagement with God, we want that worship service to help move you a little further down the road in your spiritual development. We want to be a part of your spiritual growth. When I'm teaching the Bible, I want you to understand that passage. I want you to see how to use it in your life. Because I'm telling you what, I want to help facilitate your spiritual growth. And what I'm saying is Sunday mornings are about you, the church. They're about believers and discipleship. But whatever we do on Sunday morning, we must do in a guest-friendly manner. I want to tell you a scenario that plays out here every Sunday. Every Sunday. Somebody who goes to this church has somebody in their life that they've been loving on and praying for for a long time. Perhaps they've invited them a time or two to this church and they didn't come, but every Sunday they're having one of those, one of those moments where that person finally accepted their invitation and they're here. They might be sitting right next to you. And maybe it wasn't a Sunday when you have a friend who's a seeker who came. But I want you to know there's somebody else here. And that person is with them. So you know what I'm saying is, whatever we do here on Sunday morning, we have to do it with a consciousness that that seeker is here. And I'm not saying we want to impress anybody, but what I am saying is this. We don't want to do something stupid. We don't want to do something that is discourteous. We don't want to do anything that would turn them off and perhaps turn them away from the one they are looking for. Does that make any sense? You know, I, I don't need, when I pull up in the parking lot on Sunday mornings, I don't need somebody to show me where to park. But a guest might. When I, when I come here on Sunday mornings, I don't need a greeter to come to me and say, Ronnie, the restrooms are right over here. Our nursery is here. The children's ministry. I don't need that. But a guest would. I understand all the church lingo and all the church jargon, the words and the phrases that we use. I, understand, I get it. I don't need anybody to interpret that, but our guest would. So what I'm saying is every Sunday morning, we have to be aware of the fact that there's somebody here who's looking for something. They don't know what it is. We know who it is. And we have got an opportunity to represent Him in such a way that maybe they will come back. And if they come back, I believe that in time they will receive, they will find the one for whom they're really looking. Guys, I'm telling you, we can help you grow and we can reach people at the same time on Sunday mornings if we try. In everything you do, on a Sunday morning, you have to keep this in mind. Somebody is here trying to make a decision. The most important decision they'll ever be faced with in all of eternity. I don't necessarily need you to turn around and shake my hand or welcome me. But a guest would. You know what this means? It means if you've had a terrible morning and your attitude is rotten. 
It means that when you pull up in that parking lot and you step your foot on the pavement, you forget it, and you come in here with the mindset of a missionary. And you understand, i got to swallow hard and forget this because there's somebody, there's somebody there this morning that I'm representing Jesus to. In the way we approach, you know, the nursery and the children's ministry and all of, our, all of what we do, we got to understand that's what's taking place and that's the potential we have in every Sunday morning service. As a matter of fact, let me say this. Golly, i got all kind of time. There are two Sundays out of the year where, where your seeker friends are much more likely to accept your invitation. One is Easter, the other is Christmas. Next Sunday is our Christmas service. It would be the ideal time for you to invite somebody to come. Next Sunday morning is going to be all about Jesus and seekers and trying to get the two of them together. So think about that. If, if we do these things, if we will be real, be a friend, be guest-friendly, seekers are coming, some are coming back, and some will find Christ. Some will find Christ. Then what? Some are going to accept Christ and become a starter, and then we must help them follow Christ. I really think this is the greatest shortcoming in the church of my generation. I'm not sure that we've... I, well, I am sure. I'm sure that we've done a poor job at this. We're going to do better. If you invite a seeker to church, and they accept Christ... You are primarily responsible. Primarily responsible to help them follow Christ. You are. You know one of the reasons we've done a poor job of this? Everybody just assumes it's somebody else's job. Somebody will get that. That's kind of like, that's kind of like you're going to the hospital and having your first child... And that man, they're born, and you get your things together one day, and the husband rolls you out to the car, and somebody goes, where's the baby? And you go, oh, somebody will take care of it. I'm sure they've, they've got people here who do that. Guys, we've done the same thing in the church. Somebody accepts Christ and becomes a starter. We just assume somebody's got that. If you invited them, they go from becoming a Go from being a seeker to a starter. That's where you come in. Ronnie, how do I do that? Invite them to your group. And what is a group? I'm going to give you the definition, but that's all I'm going to share about groups, okay? I devoted the second sermon, the sermon based on the Word Connect, 35 minutes of explaining this. I don't have time to go back if you missed it. It was Word number two, sermon number two. A group is simply a small number of Christ followers who intentionally help each other keep going so they keep growing. In this series, we've already learned that every believer should, relate, should be relationally connected to a small, supportive group of Christ followers because everybody will eventually need somebody to help them keep going. When we influence someone to accept Christ, our next step is to invite that starter to join our small group. Running wide group, because in a group, the starter is going to be exposed to the examples 
that they need to see. They're going to find the encouragement they need and the on-hands learning experiences they need to become a Christ follower. Our mission is to help people find and follow Christ. And guys, listen to me. We can do this. We can do it. The strategy I'm sharing with you is not only effective, it's doable. Anyone can invite seekers to church and starters to group. Do you see how this is doable? Well, now we know what to do. We know what God wants us to do. and We know what our church needs us to do. These five words outline the basic steps God wants every believer to take and the five responsibilities of everyone who makes up this church. Follow. Screens, please. Connect. Serve. Give. Invite. Now what? Let's do this. Let's do our part and see what happens. I know what's going to happen. If we do our part, God's going to do His part, and lives are going to be changed. Our lives will be changed. We're going to discover that all we've been looking for, we have in Christ. Seekers are going to find Christ. Starters are going to follow Christ. They're going to find in Him everything they've been looking for all of their lives. Does that sound like something worth doing? Okay, I've got three. We've got three in. Man, really, does that sound like something worth devoting your life to? Absolutely. Thank you, Justin. Absolutely. Let's pray together. Father, this morning, I can't help but think about you. I I can't help but think about this wonderful gift that you gave us when you gave your son to be our Savior. And this wonderful gift that he gave to us when he gave his his life. And, And the wonderful gift that came from that. This gift of salvation. We are blessed. We are richly blessed. And God... We have found that in your Son, we have everything we were ever looking for. Now, God, here's the deal. Help us share this. Help 
us share this with others. Help us let them in on this. You have given us a responsibility, and God, you've also given us a strategy that we can do and that we know will work. Now, God, help us apply ourselves to it. Every aspect, every detail, everything we've talked about, God, if we haven't been following, help us follow. If we haven't been connected, help us get connected with some group of followers. If we haven't been serving, God, there's opportunities here to serve. Lord, we haven't been giving. Lord, it's something we're going to begin. And God, this is what we've talked about today. Help us begin inviting people to our church and then treating them in a Christ-like way. So that hopefully they find you. And God, help us help those that find you, follow you, by getting them into our circle. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, has this been a good series? We are focused. And I'm so excited, guys. I just believe if we all do our part, if we do these five things that that we've uh, been talking about, that... Man, Golden Corner Church is about to get really wild really quick. Ronnie mentioned that next Wednesday, uh, I'm sorry, next Sunday is going to be our Christmas service. And uh, we, we encourage you to invite your friends, your coworkers, family, people that you work with. We wanted to do something to help you out. So here's what we did. We made this card. And um, you're going to laugh when you see it. Because we could have done, done just a regular card. And uh, we could have done just, you know, the words and when the Christmas service was. But we wanted to give you something to talk about with your friends. So what we did was we cut the faces off of all the staff people. And we put them on, you know, famous Christmas movie characters. Um, You might notice my robe is pretty incredible. I have nice chest hair. Uh... Man, this is something that you can look at, at somebody you work with and do, like, you know, and say, look what my crazy church did. Look at the cards they printed out. Man, you should come this next Sunday, okay? Because I'm telling you, this next Sunday, this Christmas Sunday, is going to be a lot of fun. Now, everybody's getting one card, but we made plenty. If you want more than one, two, three, four, whatever, they're going to be out there. The greeters are going to have them in their hands. There's going to be on the tables at ServeLink where you need to sign up to serve. They're going to be out there. Okay, we have plenty of cards. We made tons. We want them all over Wahala. Um, Do me one more favor. Everybody listening? Next Sunday, be on time. Be early. I'm telling you, when the clock hits 10 a.m., we're going. And you don't want to miss what we're going to do. Okay? Can y'all do that? Ready? Set? Go! Do it.